Hello everyone, welcome to Move More, Worry Less. I'm your host, Paige Festa, the founder and designer at 13 Fit Apparel. Today's episode is the best of 2021 mindset and mental health. It's really hard to pick favorites from this year because obviously I've loved every guest that we've had and I'm really proud of all the progress this podcast has made and thank you so much for everybody who's been subscribing and listening and following along this journey with us. So we're going to be talking about mindset and mental health going back on a couple of episodes that really stood out. The first guest that I want to reintroduce you to is my friend Michael Hornig. He is a fitness professional and he shares his journey through fitness, mental health, and sobriety. So without further ado, here's our first guest, Michael Hornig. Yeah, I just hit three years. Yeah, so, so it's a wild three years. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's great. It's it's really like wonderful. And it feels as if like there's like no other way for me to live. Like I don't know. And this isn't to say that like I'm never gonna relapse. Like who can say? Like I take it day by day. Or as um John Wellman once told me, you know, it's the minutes go by slow, but the days and years go by fast. And that's really how sobriety works. It's like some minutes take forever, but then before you know it, you're like three years in and you're like, oh yeah, that happened. I don't know any, I don't know anything that happened previously, but like those three years, they went by really fast. Right. What's crazy to me is that, so when I met you, you'd been like a month sober. And to me, we just mm-hmm. met. I didn't know that. I don't think I knew anything about your journey until your one year mark. Cause I remember you posting it on social media and I was like, holy shit. Like, it's just crazy. Cause you don't know what people, and that's just like a thing. Like you never know what people are dealing with, like behind the scenes, not to mention, like I said, you are hands down on the top three most positive people. And I have them like in a list in my head, like you were in the top three most positive people I've ever met. Every time I walked into the studio, you were friendly, even though you weren't teaching it and you wanted to be like, it was like, Paige, how can I help you set up for class? What could I do for you? Like, like you just wanted everybody to have a good experience. And I just think that's so amazing that you're able to, to be so positive while you're battling something on your own that people don't even know about. Um, one of the questions I asked you in our like pre-interview um, uh-huh. was about positivity and just like, how do you maintain such a positive outlook? And even now knowing that you were, I mean, you're um, going through this journey and it can't be easy all the time. Like, how do you stay so positive when shit's hard? Um, I think I said like in my first answer to you, LOL, you are so sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really, you are. That is so nice. Um, I think it's, um, it is so much easier to live your life positively than um, any other way. And that's also really easy to say. Uh, and in the moments that where like things get really real, like, I don't know, like a pandemic, like things got really real in that year. And like so much of what I worked for had stopped just like everybody else. But I had to stay positive for everything I'd already built for myself and my own career. But it is so much easier to help people and to ask them, what do they need? And I think one of the biggest things that I learned was that when I got sober, I finally could see people like really see you and really say like, like you said, like every time you come into the studio, I ask like, 
what do you need? Do you need help setting up? It's because like, I can really see people and not saying that if like, if you drink, like I'm sure you see people, but for me, I couldn't, I felt like I was in this fog. I really couldn't connect with people. Like it always just felt blurry. And then when I got sober, I like, I could just see people and see them honestly. And like, I knew that what I was presenting was me a hundred percent authentic. There was no like fake script. There's nothing like that. It was just me. And I noticed that one of the, one of, not something I noticed, but I read a book while I had just um, started my sobriety called Hustle, Believe, Receive. And it's about working really hard, um, believing in your goal, and then you receive the outcome of that. And that is something I truly live by is hustle, believe, and receive. Every single thing I do, every interaction I do, every job I do, I will hustle through it. I will believe that this is exactly what I need to do to get to my end goal, whatever my end goal might be. Um, so I use that terminology and I use that kind of mantra to help me stay positive because I know that like, like you said, how do you know what people are going through behind closed doors? Like you just don't know. And like, I mean, I'm a New Yorker. I get frustrated all the time, all the time with people that are like slow going up the subway stairs and you have to take a moment and just say like, why am I mad right now? We are all going in the same direction. Like, I know you want to go, 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 but like sometimes you have to be a local train and sometimes you have to be a train that just gets stuck underground for a little bit and you're okay, but you'll get to where you need to be. Um, and I get like so passionate about being positive because there are just like, there's so many people in this world and it is so easy to be mean. It is, I think it's really, really easy to be mean. It's easy to be rude um, because I mean, I think we all get like a little high off of that. Like, you know, this like high and mighty, like, it's really easy to be dismissive. I think it's harder to be positive, but it is so much more beneficial to everyone around you because I know what it's like to receive no's and I know what it's like to go through really, really difficult moments. And sometimes like what you need is just someone to see you and just be like, what can I do with like a little smile? It just helps. Like, I mean, I think it also helps like working a customer service job. Like if you haven't done it, like what are you waiting for? Go do it. I don't care if you're a CEO, like go serve coffee at Dunkin' and like see what happens. Know that what those people are going through, like just for you to have that like sip of joy, probably someone had a terrible day in order to make that. So I'm going to receive something joyful. I can pass that back to you. And I feel like, you know, some people are like next, like I don't want, I don't need someone who's so happy. But that's just how I feel. Like I have to be positive. Um, and if I move with kindness, um, mostly everything that I quote unquote need will fall into place without any bumps in the road, without anything not fitting. I feel like the kinder I am, the nicer I am to people, the easier the things that I need to move forward, to accelerate in my life, wherever my life might go, the smoother that road will be. I never want someone to say, anything along the lines of like, he's untrustworthy or, or I don't want someone to have a bad taste of who I am in their mouth. Um, because I'm also the creator of that. And I don't like knowing that I did that to someone. I think that that's just, um, it's just really mean. It makes me sad to think that way, but that's just kind of how I feel about it. And it's so powerful. Like we, I think we all have this power in us to be positive and and then when you don't do that, it's like, why are you ignoring your power? Why? Why, why don't you want to use it? Like you have it, like just like 
freaking use it. Like, be nice. I, I just don't get it. If you want to hear more about Michael's story, that was episode four called Sobriety, Positivity, and Fitness with Michael Hornig. The next guest I want to reintroduce you to is Shelly Ikes. She is a personal trainer, all-around fitness professional, and registered dietitian. On this episode, we talk about motivation versus dedication and her outlook on those things. Let's dive into mindset. So the topic today is motivation versus dedication. And I'm going to kind of give you the floor in a second, but in the pre uh, podcast interview, if you will, the questions we sent back and forth, you wrote fuck <clears throat> motivation. Motivation is a fleeting, unreliable and short lived energy. And I love that. And also, of course, you said fuck motivation. Um, so just <laughs> Uh, if you want to just kind of break that down and, and, and talk about how you see motivation and dedication, because for people who do not know you, you are truly one of the most driven and dedicated people I've ever met. You don't make excuses. You just, if you need to do something, you do it. And I think it's a really great mindset. Um, and you don't get in your own way. So if you want to kind of take the floor and and talk about that. sure. Yeah. So there are, I mean, I get annoyed and irritated by a lot of things, but one of the things that I get most irritated by are when people are like, I'm going to start working out when I feel more motivated. That drives me insane because here's why motivation comes and goes, right? There's days where I really want to get up and I really want to be productive and all the things, but then there's days where I don't want to do shit. But if you only do things on the days that you want to do something, how far are you really going to get? Because I feel like people use the word motivation for very few things. They wait for motivation to work out. They wait for motivation to eat properly. And, but you don't do that to go to the job that you probably hate. You don't do that for taking care of your kids that are probably spoiled brats. You don't do that for the things that need to get done because they're just not options, but it's because you program yourself to make them not an option. Because if you only went to the days or went to work on the days you wanted to, zero things would get done. You would have no paycheck and you'd be on the streets, right? But people use that constantly in the world of fitness and health. And I just don't understand why that it's such an option. So that drives me crazy because what you need to build are habits and discipline, which then lead to dedication. It's just like anything else, whatever you start to do, and program your body to do and your mind to do, that's what you're going to do. So I have a harder time now. And people say this all the time. Well, you grew up playing sports. Well, you were always in shape. You were never fat. Like, I, I don't know what it's like to be unmotivated. Of course I do. Most of the time that I get up, I don't want to do my workout. I don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Who the fuck does? Nobody. I'd rather sleep in. But I know that I'm actually going to feel worse if I do. So I don't, I do it for the after feeling that I'm, that I know I'm going to have. Right. So that's what gets me up. The dedication is what gets me up, not motivation. That happens maybe 10%. So if you're looking for a pep talk to get your shit together, the episode with Shelly is definitely a good one. That is episode eight, motivation versus dedication with Shelly Ikes. The third guest I want to introduce you to, or reintroduce you to, is Jocelyn Lewiskin, PhD, LCSW. She is a psychotherapist and social worker. She has 
fantastic insight on mental health, which is what we are all about here. So it was really exciting to have this conversation with her. So here she is. So that kind of leads me into wanting to kind of um, explain some of the other language words like trauma, anxiety, depression. Um, you mentioned that people use these like so often, and sometimes they're not even actually accurate. So if maybe you could break down what trauma really means, what depression really means, what anxiety really means. Sure. Let's start with the sort of, I don't know which is easier, but like depression (laughs) and anxiety, those are probably the most common, um, words that I would say patients bring to me. Yeah. Trauma they usually don't bring to me. Usually I'm bringing that to them in that way. Usually I'm the one (laughs) to name trauma, but depression and anxiety, most people are coming in and it's like, Oh, Hey, why are you here? Oh, I'm depressed. Okay. That means nothing to me. I have no idea what you're even saying. And I'm sure you feel similarly if you speak to a friend on the phone, she's like, oh, I'm depressed. Like that can mean so many things. Like you, right. you have to say more about that. Um, and same thing with anxiety and the same thing, you know, being a New York city based clinician, everyone is stressed. I'm, right. I, I'm so stressed. I, I also don't know what that means. Like, what is that? And so when people start to really unpack those words, you start to really learn about what are the symptoms? And words like depression and anxiety are really just labels that help categorize a cluster of symptoms that usually just dictate treatment. It's like, you know, it sort of helps you to know as the professional how to guide the therapy or how to guide the treatment or for psychiatrists, how to medicate the symptom, which is why diagnoses are so important. But oftentimes what's so fascinating about depression and anxiety is that they can sometimes look exactly the same. You can have symptoms of anxiety and present as depressed because your symptoms of anxiety are so exhausting and so tight, like make you feel tired and hopeless and sad. And so you can seem depressed, but the real root is anxiety. And the flip side could be true too. You can actually feel depressed and have depression, but your symptoms are anxiety. Like, oh no, I'm so sad, but I have to go to work. So now I feel anxious or I have to go to this party and I don't want to. So I feel anxious. And you could talk about anxiety till you're blue in the face, but the core issue is depression, is sadness, hopelessness, despair. So it's interesting how they flip-flop. I once had a psychiatrist tell me, which I thought I always remember this. He's like, Jocelyn, you should always think of depression and anxiety as first cousins. (laughs) That was so great. He's like, they're always right next to each other and you have to understand which one comes first. So they're different, right? Depression presents as, you know, oh, sorry, do you have a question? Yeah, no, like you're blowing my mind right now. So I'm just like, now I have like a hundred thousand more questions that I wasn't even planning on. But so then how, like, how do you know, I guess in two ways, how do you know as a professional what's really going on? And if you're just like a person like me, like I've basically self-diagnosed myself with like depression and anxiety. And like, sure, I've had people tell me the same thing, but like, how, how does somebody kind of know what they're going through and, or do they need a professional to really unpack what's going on? And at you on the professional side, how do you know what's going on and how do you know whether it's depression or anxiety? So I would argue you need a professional to help you because it's okay. very hard to have a one-sided conversation, right? right? It's very hard to unpack this by yourself. And oftentimes we can convince ourselves that we have something, right? And right. that's not to say you don't have depression and anxiety, but I would argue to someone, if you were my patient, I would ask you, do you feel depressed and feel anxious or do you have depression and have anxiety? Right. Those are different things. Right. 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 And most people are like, oh no, I just feel depressed and feel anxious. And they're like, but wait, what's the difference? Okay. Well, the difference is if you have depression, that is a chronic debilitating disease. 
And, right. and then there's a cluster of symptoms. We can like open up the, the you know, the, the diagnostic manual and like read through them. And do you meet the criteria? And do you have any like these symptoms? There's a cluster of symptoms, um, you know, like there's so many of them. Um, most commonly it's things like neg negative thinking and low mood and um, despair and hopelessness and any kind of like suicidality, right? Like that's sort of extremely depressed. And the same thing with anxiety, irrational fears, compulsive behaviors, um, you know, whatever those clusters of symptoms are. And once people start to really look at what the diagnosis is mean, they're like, oh no, I don't have that. I just like, don't like being around people. I'm like, well, that's not necessarily anxiety. <laughs> it's not necessarily fitting the definition of social anxiety. That means you're anxious and that's okay. That's, that's not great. We can work on that. I'm sorry right. you feel anxious, but it doesn't mean that you have anxiety. Right. Right. And so it cuts, cuts both ways to sort of help people realize that maybe they don't have the diagnosis they're throwing around all the time could be useful. And sometimes it really helps people to see that actually they do have the diagnosis. Right. Like, oh, wow. I really do have depression or, oh, wow. I really do fit the criteria for someone with, um, you know, generalized anxiety disorder. Like that's interesting. Right. Now what? It's like, oh, okay. Well, now that we understand, now we can like figure this out together. That was episode 10, Defining Mental Health, Addiction, Anxiety, and Depression with Jocelyn Lewiskin. Next up, we talked to Tim Paulson, who is the owner of Palace Fitness in Ithaca, New York. He is also the owner of Forged by Zeus and CrossFit Games athlete. On this episode, we talk about his mindset behind being a leader, being a business owner, being a father, a husband, and being able to compete at the level that he competes at. His mindset allows him to optimize his life inside and outside of the gym and inside and outside of business. So here is Tim Paulson. You spend all this time in the gym, like training to be better physically, but I guess I know you talked about the reading that you do on philosophy and things like that, but is there anything specific you do to kind of train your mindset or do anything for your mental health to be able to fulfill your purpose, to be able to continue training in the gym and compete at the level you're competing at. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I mean, I, one of the biggest things is like, and you know, this is something like, I think in the days of technology, everybody struggles with, but like being present. And like, I think like at the end of the day, a lot of things come back to that. Like it just comes back to being present. And like, in order to be fully present, you have to clear your mind. Like if your mind is constantly running a thousand miles a minute, it's jumbled, you're thinking about a million different things, you're scrolling on social media, you're X, Y, or Z, it just makes it really impossible to be present. And like my wife and I are always on each other about like, put your goddamn phone down. Like, because again, it's like, it's, it's such an, it's, you know, it's like, it's right here. It's always right here. Right. It's, it's so easy to just pick it up and, you know, kind of mess away time. So like, anyway, so kind of coming back to, um, kind of just being present is like, you know, so for me, the two biggest things that I do, um, you know, I think reflection and then breathing. So like, and I'm, I'm a big, huge fan. Like every day I'll spend a couple of minutes, eyes closed, no noise in like complete silence and just doing like really deep, slow nasal breathing. Um, you know, and like for me, I don't, I, I don't call it meditation because I'm not doing it with the intent to like, I'm not trying to like, you know, transcendentally meditate or something like that. Like it's literally just for me, it's like, it's time to get find complete quiet, like let my thoughts come and go as they want. Like, you know, if something pops up, I'm like, Hey, let's think about that for a second. And then I let it go. And it's just like, you know, it's kind of, for me, it's an opportunity to essentially just wash the slate clean once a day and be like, all right, like if something's bothering me, let it come up. If something's irritating me, like let it come up. But then also like, you know, give it its time, take a minute, take two minutes, think about it. If there's anything you can do to affect it, you know, kind of, I might take some notes or something like that, but um, you know, that time for me is very valuable because it helps me 
like, I mean, I, I do it before my son gets home every day because it's like, you know, I, when he gets home and like family time commences, you know, it's like, I pick my son up, we hang out together, then my wife gets home from work and we have time together, you know? So it's like, I, I want my brain to be as clear as possible for that time. You know, so like during the day, it's like super busy, super packed. It's go, go, go. It's training. It's working on things for the business. It's, you know, X, Y, Z, you name it, recovery practices, all that stuff. So that kind of breathing is a really big piece of just kind of keeping me present and keeping me grounded. Um, and also, I mean, as I kind of alluded to, it's definitely a little, it's a mental calming exercise because it helps me deal with things that are frustrating me or things that are bugging me or things that I feel like are kind of nagging in the back of my brain for whatever, a project for the business or something that needs to get done. Um, so that's kind of a big piece. And then, I mean, reflection is the other one. And like, you know, obviously they kind of go hand in hand. Like they definitely have, they're definitely linked. Um, but, you know, I think just reflection for me, as far as like, you know, <clears throat> thinking about what I could do better. And like, when I finish a training session, I reflect, you know, like I think about like, all right, like, did I execute that training session as best as I could? Did I not warm up properly? Did I cool down properly? Did I miss any lifts? You know, like, was, could I have pushed harder in the conditioning? So like, you know, just reflecting in general on like, how did I perform today? Um, and the same thing goes for, you know, for the business, like, you know, for both of my businesses, like there's definitely a checklist of daily things that I want to get done. There's a checklist of projects I have to do, but on a less, I, I would say on a less uh, frequent basis, you know, I'll do the same thing for my business. Like, you know, whether it's every couple of weeks or once every month or two, like I'll just kind of sit down and be like, can I be better? Like, you know, how am I as a leader right now? How am I, you know, are the projects that I've had on my list, are they getting done? Am I, you know, like kind of what's the feedback I'm getting from the coaches? Like, you know, all these things kind of like, how's the growth of the business? Like I'll sit down and kind of have those reflection sessions. Um, but at the end of the day, again, I'm, I'm very process oriented. So I believe that if I'm, you know, if I'm doing the right things every day or the things that I quote unquote should be that I've laid out for myself, then those big picture goals should take care of themselves. You know, I, I don't spend a lot of time stressing about them because again, at the end of the day, if you're doing the right things day in and day out, then the big picture takes care of itself. You don't need to be thinking about it very often. You don't need to be like, you know, I don't need to be looking at our our revenue numbers every week. If we're focusing on taking care of our community, if we're focusing on training our coaches, if we're focusing on building connections, you know, like all the, if we're doing all of these things, the big picture will, will take care of itself. If you want to hear more about Tim's mindset and his journey through the 2021 CrossFit games, that is episode 11, the 2021 CrossFit games and mindset with Tim Paulson. The last guest I want to reintroduce you to is April Frazier. She is an entrepreneur, she is a confidence coach, and she is the founder of Forward Confidence Coaching. Not only does she have the most soothing voice to listen to, she has a really relatable and inspiring story, so I hope you enjoy. So how does somebody this, I mean, you experienced this too, and I'm sure that your clients go through the same thing. So how does somebody realize their purpose or realize they're not actually listening to what it is that they want? Yeah. The thing is that, um, in my group coaching program for entrepreneurs, we talk about that. One of the pillars is that feelings are a signal. And this was true of myself. Maybe, maybe you too. Um, I wasn't taught to honor my feelings. I was always taught to do the logical thing, um, go get the degree, you know, work to your 65. Like it was classic baby boomer training. Now, no disrespect to baby boomers. My mom's a baby boomer. I love her. No disrespect. But it was classic <laughs> training of like, do follow the rules. Um, right. And I always thought that was wrong. 
but I didn't have an alternative. So to answer your question, I would say the, the, the body is always talking. Um, it's always giving us the message. That's what it's designed to do is give us information, but we are not always trained to listen. Um, one thing I do with clients is teach them to anchor into your body so that you can notice what you're feeling. Um, and I have clients, I have one client who said to me, I don't feel anything. And then she said, wait, and five, 10 minutes later, she's like, wait, actually, I do feel something. Um, <laughs> and just over the time that we've been working together, she's like, no, I've started to notice, oh, there's a pain here. There's, there's, there's something feels stuck here in my throat. Um, and noticing those signs and then also noticing your feelings. A lot of times we may push past those things. Um, a lot of my clients are fixers if you will so they're used to having all the answers they're used to being the go-to person to know everything do everything um that is a honestly a habit that can be exhausting um and hurtful to the person the body signs are always there so that's a long answer to say listening to the body and having a conversation right because a, a lot of times there are hallmarks in a conversation that tell me that a person doesn't know their truest self and they don't know um they don't realize that the signs are there that was episode 17 obeying your purpose with april frazier before we say goodbye i just wanted well not goodbye how about see you later before we say see you later i want to thank everybody who genuinely from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for listening into our podcast it means so much to me um, personally and as a brand. We are really, really passionate about sharing other people's stories, about mindset, about mental health, about physical health. And it is such a fun and exciting project and journey to be able to share those things through this podcast. And obviously, I'm not necessarily... Uh, built <laughs> or good at um, talking uh, clearly now that I'm stumbling over my words. De design is definitely my my forte and concepts, but I really enjoy doing it. It is a challenge for me and it's exciting to see how much progress we've made and I've made personally um, and being able to connect with the community in a different way. So I guess all I'm really trying to say here is thank you so much for listening in over the last year. We are 19 episodes deep. We have more stuff coming that I can't wait to share with you. And yeah, so so thank you. I can't say it enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't hit subscribe already, please do so. Anytime you share, rate, review subscribe, watch us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, tag us, all those things. It really does help us grow our mission and our purpose as a brand. And, and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you again. I'll stop saying thank you now and I'll let you go, but we'll talk to you in the new year in 2022. Our next episode is going to be about physical therapy. So I'm, I'm stoked about that one. So we'll talk to you then. Happy New Year, happy holidays, and thank you again. And if you didn't get it, thank you. Okay, bye.